Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hey folks, if you like this week's episode, give us a like, follow, share, and maybe a comment down below. So, uh, this week, I believe Joker's the one with the question. Yep, so I got a question for all of our followers and, and you guys, as we have our a guest again tonight. Well, Mr. Moon! So, if you guys could go through a procedure that with all augmentations add up to about a 33.8% chance of either leaving you paralyzed or even killing you, or you can come out the other side basically the peak of humanity, would you do it? Considering where I'm at now in life, you're dang right I would do it. I'd roll the dice on that. Yeah, I think I'd go for it, too. I, mean, I, I can't say that. Like, it, it's not a low chance, but it's not quite a 50-50. Yeah. I, I feel like playing with those odds. I mean, arguably, better odds than any you're going to get in Vegas. Yep. So. <laughs> I mean, which leads us to the character today who did not get that choice. He was uh, forced into it. <laughs> Child slavery. So this week's character is Master Chief, also known as John. Age 47, born March 7th, 2,511. Uh, so birthplace <laughs> is uh, Planet Earth 2. No. So it's Planet Iridian. Iridian. Iridianus. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Iridianus. So, yeah, birthplace uh, planet Eridanus 2 in the city of Elysium. Elysium. Oh, my God. We're going to start doing, two, like, naming planets, like, two, like, hey, yeah, New that, Earth. That No, it seemed to be, from what I've gathered from rewatching the Fall of Reach video and other stuff, is it seemed to be the number of the planet, which was, so, like, Earth, we'd be, like, Soul 3. Oh. So it was basically the name of the planet. The number of the planet was it's from the pl- sun, yeah, or from the star, yeah. So that's where it was. It was the second planet from the star. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Okay, well let's uh, let's take off and get into this. So as a quick side note to begin the episode is to kind of understand Chief, we're gonna go over the history of the project that even created chief and why he exists probably a good call and uh from what my little knowledge i have outside of our research uh wasn't wasn't exactly on the up and up oh it definitely wasn't (laughs) so let's get into this history of the spartan 2 project it's not great to know that this happened once before (laughs) so okay let's get into it the origins of the Spartan 2 project was due to instability between the inner and outer colonies during 2510 and the office of naval intelligence ONI believed without major military measures war would erupt yeah so as I so it's also Oni Oni oh. um yeah they, they essentially they had so much strife and tension between the outside, the insides, like nope, this just needs to stop, and we're gonna have to have some serious military uh, effort to do this. So I'll admit, I know nothing of the strifes of the whole situation. I just, yeah, I don't either. I, I feel, I, I, I just like, I feel like they probably, I would like to know if anybody even considered like, 
Maybe we could sit down with the Outer Rims and see, you know, like what their complaints are. Or just as general as like, I need war machines. And a lot of them. I like to think that there was some talking, but I also didn't do any research into that. So I have no idea. Well, well I could see it going either way, really. <laughs> Maybe they just threw all the tea over in the, in the harbor. <laughs> Through the tea into the haba. Okay. A then 18 year old Dr. Catherine Halsey had come to her own independent conclusions and predicted an even darker future with UNSC interaction against the rebel leadership, resulting in a minimum of 30 years of war and 5 billion dead. The maximum was a conflict of intermediate length, potentially leading to the downfall of human civilization. Halsey presented her results to the Vice Admiral Michael Stanforth on ONI Section 3. Determined to prevent the predicted carnage, Halsey agreed to work for ONI, specifically Section 3's Special Projects Division, on creating a solution. Which is crazy to think that, you know, you had the top brass of ONI being advised by an 18-year-old. And not just that, but the whole Spartan project <laughs> by an 18-year-old. Yeah. I mean, she, she basically just took the idea of the original Spartan project and just beefed it up. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy to think that these people exist because of essentially a child, too. Dang, somebody graduated top of her class. Yeah, she was she was something. Apparently, <laughs> dang. No, that's uh, that's impressive. At 18, I was... Uh, I was trying you to figure out how to, out of high school. Yeah. I was in high school at 18, man. I was just trying to figure out how to graduate on time. Okay. The se- second generation of the Orion Project would be initiated in 2511 as the best possible solution to ending the widespread insurgency. Despite the tremendous risk and unethical means of creating new soldiers... Orion Generation 2 was greenlit by the top brass of Oni, who concluded that the lives that could be saved for far outweighed the risk involved. I mean, isn't that kind of a, like, every military or war thing? They're like, we're going to lose some lives. And they're like, well, yeah, as long as we don't lose all of them, it's victory, right? Casualties of war. Yeah, yeah exactly. Say, yeah, military is not the greatest at that in their, their history. <laughs> mm, they have not been. So, yeah, no, well, that's uh, not ideal, but. Especially when you know how they got the people to do this. And I'm sure we're about, we're going to get into that here soon. The project was initially granted funding for 300 candidates. Though funding was later reduced to half this number, by 2517, 150 suitable candidates had been identified. Though funding had been further reduced to support only half that number. God dang it. It's like, man, even in fancy world, we can't get rid of budget cuts. You know, military. They love those budget cuts. God dang it. (laughs) Without a fancy round, we would have this figured out, people. Okay, anyway. 75 children, all around six years old, and of both sexes, were kidnapped. Okay, so already not... A great start to the project. Uh, In order to preserve the program's secrecy, the children were replaced by Flash clones, which died soon after. Which, some controversy on that. I guess one of the Oni 
members essentially looked, took, looked at Halsey and called her out on that not being having anything to do with secrecy. It was her way of giving herself closure and the parents closure instead of just up and right kidnapping their kid in the middle of the night. They think their kid died. And it was just her. They, they claimed it was her way of making her feel better about, yeah, about kidnapping children. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can't blame them because, yeah, that's probably why I would do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get I get both sides because arguably, yeah, I guess watching your child die slowly and painfully in front of you is better than thinking they're in some dude crackhead's basement. Well, we also don't know if they died painfully. Mm, true. They never really went into detail on how these Flash clones exactly died. True, true. At least none, none that I found. There may be in some of the many novels, but... Well, my guess would be those clones would have to die pretty quick after. Oh, yeah. It, those clones it, wouldn't have any of the memories. Yeah, no, it was... And I guess the way the Flash cloning was made, they, they, did, they did not last long at all. Hopefully they didn't melt in the bed. Oh, God, that would be disturbing. Dude, straight up Rick and Morty. <laughs> leave, leave, leave the car alone. Oh, God, that'd be so much worse. Yeah. yeah. Go it's horrifying <laughs> to think about. All right, Just, moving on. Okay, yeah, let's move on. Let's get, 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 well, it's going to be a while until we get some good thoughts here, I'm assuming. But let's try to try and move on. So, Halsey would not be satisfied with Project's original name of Orion Project Generation 2. Thus, she would rename it out of personal preference, as well as to distance the project from the failures of Orion. Which, from what I remember, weren't really all that many. Um, but in order to pay homage to the sacrifice of the Orion Project, she chose to call the project Spartan II. She would also consider several other names, some including Praetorians, Minutemen, Titans, Olympians, and Hercules. Could you imagine them being called Minutemen? I mean, it's interesting. Your help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not, not that again. <laughs> PTSD right there. <laughs> But also, like, did Halsey have ADHD or something? Because I just feel like one of her projects, people's like, really? We're worried about names right now? We just kidnapped 75 kids. Can we get this going? I mean, I think this was done in her spare time on her own or in her head. Okay, fair. But fair. There were also a whole lot of other names, including, like, Viking. But I liked how a lot of them seemed to follow the thought process of being major significant, like, soldiers of the history or yeah, historical warriors or you know big titans and demigods like it really i feel like it really fit what a spartan became and it completely does especially like you even just playing the games like you come up like the cutscenes or like scenes where you're coming up like the soldiers deify the spartans yep. so and honestly knowing some of the best parts of Spartan history. I feel like Spartan was perfect name for him. Oh, completely. Especially when you think of like 300. Oh yeah, no, it's a and great. The small number of Spartans. It's kind of fitting. <laughs> so moving on to John's history. Finally. Finally. <laughs> At six years old, John would be deemed to possess superior physical, biological, and mental attributes. Like the 75 other candidates, he was kidnapped by Oni to be recruited into the UNSC Spartan 2 project. I think recruited. Recruited. Is a <laughs> Quote unquote. He was, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Be oh, yeah. That was that and was even one of the reasons Catherine said that's why she chose kids. Like, it's easier to indoctrinate them into following what we want them to. Hey, you get them when, you're, when they're young, you'd be amazed what you can get going. Do you speak from experience? 
Uh, you ever see the movie Unleashed? <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you get a kid when they're young, you'd be amazed what you can teach them. That guarantee I could teach a kid astrophysics at a young enough age, but they would not understand basic math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These candidates would be taken to the planet Reach to begin their training under Chief Petty Officer Mendez. It was there he'd get his new name, John 117, also sometimes using the call sign Sierra 117. Early on, the children would be taught history and military strategy. They would also receive weapons training and advanced physical training. Man, god dang, just a child army, man. So, somebody was taking notes on African history. <laughs> Blood diamonds, man. So, yeah, they, they trained them straight away. And I mean, a lot of it you could see in the movie The Fall of Reach and seeing their training. And they learn about like they learn about the Spartans of Thermopylae. And yep. they, they learn about all this crazy stuff in history. They do, uh, they did do a good job of showing, like, yeah, they. They kind of raise them on the full history of human war. Yep. And essentially, they were Spartan children because they were raised to, to fight. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> There's no wonder they... Uh, I remember in one of the games, they started talking about how, like, the Spartans are considered so an completely antisocial and just, like, sociopaths, basically. Which, given this kind of upbringing, we're lucky yep. they weren't worse. <laughs> So, uh, alongside a small group of children, he was sent on a training mission placed in Reach's forest. Uh, he quickly showcased strategic thinking and was promoted to squad leader after impressing both his peers and the UNSC officials. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, too, being that young and the UNSC officials having been in war and seeing everything they have. Right. Impressed by a six year old child learning. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. <laughs> so like I'm not I'm not trying to call anybody out here, but like I'm feeling like whoever came up with this whole story plot, like wrote it down, was definitely probably a fan of Ender's game. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting real strong Ender's game <laughs> vibes here. Like guys, guys, guys. How about we have children like guide our military <laughs> force? I like where your head's at, Tom. <laughs> that was. Right? Uh, I didn't read the book, but I saw the movie. That was pretty good. I read the book and saw the movie. <laughs> Both were good. So, at the age of 14, the children would undergo the extremely dangerous augmentation procedures. This process would end up killing 30 and physically disabling 12 other trainees, which officially were called washouts. Um, John was one of only 33 to survive this and become superhuman with increased strength and reflexes, and almost unbreakable bones. Shortly after, they would be sent to recover on the Atlas battleship. Which definitely had one of my favorite scenes in that whole Fall of Reach movie. That was a pretty, that was a pretty badass scene. And it was also sad. Well, no, the, the scene I'm talking about is in a little section that's about to oh. be talked about. Okay, uh, on the Atlas V ODST, troopers would taunt and engage taunt and engage the young John. Resulting fight ended with three of the troopers severely injured and two dead. Dang, Again, child. Yeah, but this, ass. but at this point, he is superhuman. Like he was, like that was my favorite thing in the in the movie because it really showcased what these augmentations did. It's like he was taking the 
bench press bar and just swinging it one handed like a sword. And he was just wrecking them. I, okay, I remember that scene. And I remember Mendez wanted to go stop it, but Halsey's like, no, let's see what happens. Because <laughs> she was curious what, what was going to happen with her new soldiers. Someone got their butt whooped. Yeah, like some of, essentially without the Spartans, like the ODST were like the elite of the UNSA. And they just got their butt whooped by a 14-year-old. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, it's like, whoa, wait, wait. I want to see if you can destroy government property. <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah, no, I, I remember that scene. And yeah, he he messes them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was great. It was beautiful. <laughs> That's his indoctrination. Right. Now he can be blackmailed for life. <laughs> remember that time you killed two of our troops? Yeah. You do this or you're being court-martialed. <laughs> I mean, good luck court-martialing. <laughs> Court Marshall and him, man. Well, the worst part is I remember in the movie, like, Mendez shows up right after it happens, so he thought it was all just a, another test. Like, he didn't think anything else of it. Oh, dang. Like, that's what he assumed because it just happened to show up at the right time, or I guess the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, damn, that, that's rough. The okay. new Spartans would return to Reach and quickly prove the augmentation uh, surpassed all expectations. And their cohesion in battle was amazing. They would receive their first orders to capture Colonel Robert Watts, the United Rebel front leader in the Arrhenius system. John would get a promotion to Petty Officer 3rd Class and lead a team consisting of Samuel 034, Linda 058, Kelly 087, and Frederick 104 on the mission. They would successfully capture Watts and John would receive the Purple Heart for his mission. Why the Purple Heart? Because in in that mission, I think it was Sam was about to get shot and John jumped in front. So instead he got shot a couple times. Oh dang. But that okay. was like the only casualty or the only injuries they had from that entire mission. And they killed a couple dozen rebels. Dang, that's uh impressive. <laughs> and they took the colonel alive and knocked him out and they did. They completed their mission like on high marks. You know, one purple heart. That's not bad <laughs> for a mission like that. That's really yeah. Bad. <laughs> and this is all even before they get their armor. Oh dang! Like, so we haven't even gotten to their armor yet. <laughs> no, that comes next. But yeah, no, like they basically just had. It looked like in the movie, like the undersuit to the armor. Oh, okay. it was just that black, like skin tight. Yeah, it almost looked like an ODST helmet, kind of. Okay, dang, that's really impressive then. Whoa. So, first contact with the Covenant would happen on February 3rd, 2525. In response, the Spartans' graduation would occur sooner than anticipated, and Dr. Halsey would take the Spartans to Chi City 4? That's what I'm going with. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Uh, to retrieve Project Mjolnir. On the way, their ship would be attacked and damaged by a Covenant ship. At the Damascus testing facility, they would be introduced to the Mjolnir power armor, which would enhance their already significant strength and speed. After receiving their armor, John would come up with a plan to board the Covenant ship with a Havoc nuke to destroy it. Oh, no, this is when we get to the sad part. Yeah, well, one of the sad parts. One, one of the many sad parts of Master Chief's history. But, uh, yeah, no, dang. Yeah. So at this point, this is, what, 14 years after they got indoctrinated? So he's roughly... Uh, this would 
well, because he was 14 when they got put in their armor. So I guess, yeah, you're, you're right, yeah. Yeah, about 20s. Damn. Which, uh, why did they pick Mjolnir for the armor? To be honest, I'm not really sure. Huh. I know in the movie that they were joking. They're like, oh, it's probably a weapon because, you know, Oni's not very uh, clever with their their names. (laughs) Fair, yeah. Mm, Army's not, I I will say military may not be clever with their names, but they are great at acronyms. I mean, I'm sure there's, to be honest, I actually don't know if that's an acronym or not. Or if it just happened to be a, you know, they're kind of sticking with the whole and mythology thing. I feel like like, it's the weapon. I feel like they're trying to stick with the mythology thing. Okay. So uh, moving on here, uh, this mission would see only John, Sam, Fred, Linda, and Kelly board the ship and fight their way to the reactor. (laughs) Unfortunately for Sam, his armor would be penetrated and would, and he would have to stay behind to finish the mission as he could not go back into the vacuum of space. Which, yeah, yeah for anybody who doesn't know, if you go into space and your suit gets a little tear in it, just like... Do you not have any flex tape? <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, duct not. tape, man. Uh, I guess this is before they had their little, like, healing injector that you see in the ODST game. Like, because mm. I'm sure that probably could have patched up that hole. One would hope, because, uh, yeah, no... <laughs> I mean, I remember that scene, too. That was, like, a real yep. sad scene. And it also kind of reshaped the entire mentality of John from then on out. Because at that point, he basically refused to let anybody else die. Because he he saw that as a failure for himself, that one of his members didn't come back. I could see that. I could see that really messing with him. Oh, it did. I mean, especially, like, when you think about, like, these are the people that went through the program with him. Like these are, his, this is his only family, really. which makes that even worse. Knowing that 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 fact is like, hmm, yeah, no wonder it messed him up for life. Yeah, that's like that's all he had, and he's just watched one of them get like one. He just lost all of them. Yeah, that really messed some. That messed a lot of people up, man. Okay, yeah, uh, let's get off this. Make me sad. <laughs> In early 2526, John, now a petty officer first class, and 11 other Spartans were employed to strike back against the Covenant as part of the Operation Silent Storm. During this time, John met Staff Sergeant Avery Johnson, who acted as a mentor and friend to the young Spartan, while John often clashed with Colonel Mormon Crowther, who dismissed John due to his age. Around the end of the operation, and shortly before his death, Crowther made the unprecedented move of promoting John from Petty Officer First Class to Master Chief Petty Officer, an unheard of three-rank bump. Which, yes, Master Chief was born. Pretty much, yeah. All credits. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that just tells you a lot of what happened during that mission for him to gain enough respect for him to be like, no, we're going to bump you as much as we can. Yeah, that is insanely impressive. Also, uh, Mormon Crowther, tell me you didn't pick. Tell me you picked a name out of a hat without telling me you picked a name out of a hat. <laughs> I feel like they did with a lot of these names. Yeah. Like, I was fine up until you said the Mormon Crowther. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it was also kind of cool to see that 
how early on John would meet Johnson. That is actually and pretty cool. Just because, like, you see them, especially in the games, interacting so much. And, like, you knew they'd been together for so long, but it's nice to actually have a date and a it, time period for that. It really is because, like, out of all the non-Spartans and that, I'd say that's one of the few that few humans that he actually kind of seemed to have, like, a kind of a bro- that brotherly connection with. Yep. Which, I don't know, maybe that has a little to do with Johnson being a Spartan as well I'm from sure. the original Orion Project. I could see that. A little bit of kinship there. So, in 2526, a covenant attack on the Corbulo Academy sparked the Battle of Circanus IV. The UNSC had garrisoned the Academy with Marines and ODSTs. The Academy would be destroyed almost as soon as the attack began, but Blue Team would be deplo- would deploy to the service undetected mere hours later. John fought to the Academy ruins and protected the cadets by fighting off Covenant forces while waiting for evacuation by Kelly and Fred. This is where he would first meet Thomas Lasky, who was a young cadet at the time. Oh, yeah. Because this is the one that you see in the movie for uh, Halo 4. Yep. This follows Lasky's journey. This is the one where he straight up jumps on that uh, hunter Shoves oh, yeah. a grenade inside of it and just boom, yep, baby. And from then on out, he made every gamer wish we could really do that. Yeah, right? That was like, like... Of all things you could do in the game, why can't we do that to a hunter? I remember when I saw that scene, uh, I played the game, I'm like, you bastards. How dare you tease that to me and then right. not let me do it. It was also really cool, because if I remember correctly, that's also Master Chief's first live-action appearance in any kind of media. Official media, at least. Yeah. I'm sorry, I had to think about to that honest, one. To be honest, I actually think this is only live action appearance, to be honest. Yeah, I believe you would be correct. But it was also cool seeing, as we got into the game of Halo 4, seeing his interactions with Lasky and seeing where that began and how Lasky basically remembered him from saving his butt. Yeah, no, that's... Because they were the ones, the cadets that John saved were pretty much the only survivors on the entire planet. Wait, like, seriously? Yeah. Because he even says that in the movie when he finds them that there is no one else. Oh, dang. So, yeah. I that, thought there was, like, nobody else in that, like, no, that little area. No. Oh, that's a lot darker than I, than I thought. <laughs> Halo's just full of dark moments. Yeah. God dang <laughs> it, man. Can you, can you give us a break? Was at this time, the Covenant knew they messed up. <laughs> Oh, God dang it. That is a rough one. Okay. John, okay, yeah, let's move on here. Uh, John served in over 200 campaigns against the Covenant Empire over the next 27 years. These include the Harvest Campaign, the Battle of Jericho 7. Uh, he and a handful of Spartans destroyed the forces of a thousand Ungoy grunts, so, you know. Another right home about, and the Battle of Sigma Octus Four, in which John and his blue team detonated a havoc nuke to clear Covenant forces from a city. By summer of 2552, he had received every medal awarded by the UNSC 
except the Prisoner of War medallion. This being because Covenant forces usually take no prisoners and John would not allow himself or any other Spartan to, to be captured by the enemy. Which... I guess, yeah, I guess that's kind of one of those medals that if you get it, like, yeah, kudos, you broke out. But right. if you don't get it, that's like, it's like, oh. That's <laughs> even better because it proves that you just never got captured. Yeah. And yeah. even though it was still just grunts, it was a handful against a thousand. That's a number gap. The grunts are not. That's a lot of grunts. Okay, it, it, I'll, I'll give it. It's a lot of grunts. And remember how many come at you with two plasma grenades? Yeah, honestly, the grunts are the worst of the campaigns and the games just because they are so annoying and so numerous. Uh, you're so you're you know, right. I'd hate to fight off a thousand of them. They are annoying. I will give you that. Like, uh, arguably, I think I've you know, I'll admit I've died more often due to grunts than any other thing in the game. Well, maybe except for jackal snipers, but <laughs> okay, jackal snipers are up. A whole different breed. But I do also love the continuing um, trend of him and Havoc nukes. He really <laughs> likes to go big. <laughs> he, he is definitely one to, uh, you know, let the enemy know what they're dealing with here. Let's send a message. Later on in 2552, Oni devised a secret plan to capture a Covenant ship using the Spartans. The ship would be taken to the Covenant homeworld uh, to capture a prophet. In order to aid the Spartans, the AI Cortana was used and would be introduced to John during a live fire training mission. With Cortana's aid, John manages to overpower a full squad of ODSTs, picks his way through a minefield, destroys automated chain guns, and even invade an airstrike from a Skyhawk fighter. As Damn. if he wasn't bad enough without Cortana. Right. right. I was like, we already know you can handle the ODSTs, no problem. Especially at this point, I'm assuming you're in your armor, so they'd stand no chance at all. Oh, yeah, no. But at the same time, it's like to, to walk through a minefield with no problem. Minesweeper's hard enough. Right. <laughs> Gotta hate that game, but I love that game. Especially once I figure out how to actually play it. That was, that was the, the worst part about that game. John and every available Spartan 2 boarded the Pillar of Autumn under Captain Jacob Keyes. But this would be interrupted when a fleet of 315 Covenant ships attacked Reach in July of 2552. Which one Covenant Reach ship, like one Covenant ship, is already so massive. I mean, they did have the smaller ones, but like their Corvettes. But just the... Even their smaller ones just outgunned us at that point, even then, still by so much. Oh, yeah. It's like the massive number that they're like, no, we're going to say screw you to this planet by sending pretty much everything we got at it. And then scary thing is I don't think they had sent everything either. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure the Covenant were like pretty massive force before they really got to reach the covenant's also been around for eons before humans yeah yeah numbers and probably the trillions the fact that humanity survived is impressive we got lucky that's all it was (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank thank daddy john (laughs) pretty much Daddy John and Mama uh, Halsey. Yeah. Well, it was like, I just imagine just one coming thing. It's like, how, 
We outnumber, outgun, out technology these ape things. <laughs> a billion to one. How are they winning? We call him the demon, sir. Which makes me wonder if they called all the Spartans demon. Or if it was a John thing specifically. Hmm. I think John was the first one they encountered. No. No. The first Spartan they encountered. He, uh, he would have been part of that first group that they encountered yeah. when they blew up his, their ship. Yeah, true. And then the that, that one, would make sense. The one grunt comes back telling the story of this magical <laughs> thing that destroyed everything. Right. <laughs> the one grunt that somehow survived a Corvette exploding. <laughs> it would be a grunt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> John with Linda and James 005 were sent to reach Station Gamma to destroy an unsecured NAV database on board the UNSC circumference. If the Covenant obtained the data, they would discover the location of every human world, including Earth. The location of Earth by then was still a closely guarded secret. The NAV database was destroyed, but Linda and James were ambushed by Covenant Sangheili, the elites. James was lost in space, and Linda was critically wounded. John saved four other Marines on the station, including Staff Sergeant Avery Johnson. The team returned to the UNSFC, UNSC Pillar of Autumn and was placed into cryosleep. Yeah, and if, if I remember correctly, this is also technically where the, this was the battle where Linda actually clinically at the end was considered dead because of all the plasma blasts that she would take throughout the battle. Jesus. But yeah, she would end up being put into cryo in hopes that eventually they could re- resuscitate her, which they do. Yeah. Uh, like a couple months later, but yeah, she was clinically dead. Damn. But their ship separated and John got lost in the space and everyone <laughs> else made it back to human-occupied space somehow. Yeah, John be getting lost a lot. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Going on an adventure, Charlie. (laughs) So by the end, with the surface reach overrun, the Autumn's crew presumed all Spartans John sent uh, were also overrun and slaughtered. The Autumn would be the only UNSC uh, ship to survive the battle with John 117 on board, and presumed the last surviving Spartan too, as Cortana plotted their exit that would end up leading them to the first Halo ring seen in Halo Combat Evolved. So that's why, like, during the campaigns, this is why we, they make all those comments about John being the only Spartan and why we don't see any others. Oh. Is game-wise, as far as we know, he's it. Yeah. They've, they've sent pretty much every Spartan to Reach at, by the end of it because they were all planning on that massive mission to go steal that Corvette, and they all ended up on Reach, and, well, we all know how Reach ended. Not great. Ended with you just seeing a sign above you that said survive. (laughs) Which, at this point in the history, we all really know what happened to John mainly. There was a couple things I saw where he did end up, I think after the first game, he did go back to reach at one point where he would find more. some of the Spartans were still alive. Oh, dang, what? Including members of Blue Team. Oh, so heck eventually, like they they like made these little pockets in the mountains where they would fight like guerrilla tactics, and they fought off what was left of the covenant. But so they didn't all die on Reach; just they were assumed dead, and they just got left. Like we're assuming you're all dead, we're leaving. So Which, very similar to what we in Japan did to Japan's forces stuck on some of the islands. 
like what we did to some of our own forces stuck on the islands. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just like we're just like war's over. Uh, shouldn't you like check the islands? Ah, they're probably dead. You don't want to just like maybe <laughs> check. You want to verify? Just, just a little bit, just in case. You know, these are trained soldiers who were taught to survive in rough conditions. Cost untold fortunes. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, if but, nothing else, you think the military would not want to just throw away that money with just assumptions, dude? Right? Just like send like even just a little like like um what like a under the radar ships or whatever that like just like, something like there's to, gotta be something you can send down there. Yeah, like a spy ship or something. Like get a confirmation a costume. I don't know. <laughs> I could figure something out. Sad thing is that might actually still work. <laughs> so, especially if you get around the grunts. <laughs> they're, right. they're dumb enough to believe a human in a grunt costume is, or a elite costume would be an elite. <laughs> I think you, yeah, I think you could totally pull that off with some grunts. <laughs> or you know, put some armor on a gorilla; he'd be a a, a brute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So well, and there it is. Uh, lead. Lead up to the Spartan we know and love at the beginning of the games. Yeah, because obviously at this point, minus a few things in the novels, everybody knows what happens to John throughout the games. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was not about to write out five games worth of info. <laughs> no, fair. The games consist of him chewing bubblegum and kicking ass. And but he runs out of bubblegum. He ran out of bubblegum <laughs> at the very beginning. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into powers and abilities. So we got Spartan Enhancements. I'm going to see if you can't pronounce this. Which part? (laughs) Carbide, ceramic, ossification. I was like, I don't even know how to pronounce that. I think we're both going off of guessing. So the what I just said, because I'm not attempting that again, uh, bones are enhanced via grafting materials onto skeleton structures. So they wolverine them. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, hey, we get wolverine technology in the future. Awesome. I'd go through it, that. It was. <laughs> we got uh, muscular enhancement lining. Muscles were enhanced, allowing them to work harder without tearing apart the Spartan skeleton. That's that actually is a lot of people don't realize. Like that's why us as humans only use about like what 10-15% of our muscle capacity at any given time. Yeah, like a, they're but like, yeah, we never use a hundred percent because we can literally break our own bones. And then we got yeah, we got pulmonary polymer lining, increases oxygen intake, <laughs> increases oxygen intake and retention, helps process toxins from the air and allows Spartans to breathe certain non-oxygen atmospheres for up to an hour. Now, that's pretty impressive. Corneal implants, increase perception and grants... Increased night vision allows the Spartans to spot targets using active camouflage. Well, that's considering what you're going up against. It's actually really useful. They can see the telltale shimmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was waiting for you to finish that sentence so I could use that. <laughs> I'm impressed. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Uh, cardiac implants. 
strengthens cardiovascular tissue and increases maximum heart rate to safely allow massive adrenaline flow without the risk of stroke or heart attack. Okay, that's probably good. <laughs> yeah, so, no, no pulp fictioning this to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> just some smart on the field, just like oh, gripping their chest, <laughs> like, God, see the light. Yeah, that would that would suck. To, that'd be your one line of defense as you watch him fall out, just fall in the middle of the battle because of a heart attack. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, God, we're all dead. <laughs> Uh, artificial pancreas implant. Okay, this is, uh, allows the Spartans' body to extract the maximum amount of nutrition, nutrients, and carbohydrates from food with minimal waste. Which is good because you know, as we see in the games, taking off that armor is a pain. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, the, the, that suit better have like a filtration system in it. <laughs> I would hope. Like, yeah, that, that'd be a huge oversight if it didn't. Then we have artificial platelet injections. Enhances the body ability to slow bleeding and clot wounds. Very useful in a war zone. Oh, yeah, and especially when a lot of times these people would be sitting in like two or three, but they're in way behind enemy lines and have no real ability to really sit it out because of an injury. Yeah, they can't exactly... Just be like, cover me while that brute's rampaging. I gotta stitch this up. Right. You know what's pretty impressive, though? You look through the history of all of this and the effort that went into making the universe of Halo. And yeah. A lot of this stuff just makes sense. And it really does, yeah. And whoever did this really thought about it. They and, and they did an amazing oh, yeah. job for when this came out. They really and did. And how much was really thought put behind it. That was impressive as all heck. Well, I guess moving on, Mr. Moon, take it away. Personal attributes. Willpower. John has been shown to keep his cool in every situation, even when troops around him end up scared, and even and even when even Cortana is panicking. Oh, apparently I screwed up on slight editing there. <laughs> Strategist. John has shown to be more than capable of improvising. When piloting a ship... He hid inside the shield systems of a battleship to survive slip space travel. Master hand-to-hand combatant, John has been trained in all forms of military warfare, being an expert in hand-to-hand combat. Examples of his combat skills include killing a group of ODST's troops with his bare hands and (laughs) defeating Spartan Locke in hand-to-hand combat. That's just Locke. That is how it's spelled, but yeah. (laughs) No. But that was a fun scene to watch him do in five. God, that was a great scene. Uh, Master Marksman. John can use any weapon efficiently, be it human, covenant, or forerunner. Occasionally dual-wielding sidearms for better effect. And the occasional weight bar. Right. (laughs) He will use anything. But uh, I think my favorite thing, uh, like for his hand-to-hand combat with Locke, was it showed the superiority that the Spartan 2s had over the future generations where Locke, you could see him having to use all of his armor's abilities and new technology to even keep up with John. Well, to show how much that augmentation really did. Well, not only the augmentation, that's kind of also goes back to like why I was saying is like, if you get somebody young enough, you'd be amazed what you can achieve with them because they're still growing. You start augmenting them at childhood that they, yeah, that will put him like 
so much ahead of somebody who, like, if we entered the program, and no fucking way could I compete with, like, if a 10-year-old entered the program and they let him grow up. Well, but a big part of it is the augmentation because his body is better than Locke's almost without the armor. Yeah. And then you get the armor on top of that, and it just... He kind of, it felt like he was toying with Locke for some of that fight, to be honest. It does. Until Locke hit him and broke his visor, and then he's like, nope, we're done. Yeah, he just breaks the <laughs> visor. It's like, it's that whole scene in a movie, like a fight movie, when the guy like gets a bloody nose, and he's like, oh, now I'm not fighting. I'm done messing around now. Yep. <laughs> and all of them except physical. I am a Spartan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of us are physically as Spartan at this point. <laughs> okay, you got so, the... Okay. His equipment. Obviously, they there is a long list of all the weapons that he can use, and that is officially part of his equipment, which literally lists every single human weapon there is. I'm like, uh, no. Mm. So, we know he has just about every weapon in, his, in the arsenal available. Yep. But his biggest thing is obviously his Mark V Mjolnir armor which has a brain link reactive circuits, force multiplying circuits, titanium, titanium alloy plating, is resistant to heat, has a motion tracker, and five-second regenerating energy shields, and weighs a 1,000 pounds. Just think about that oh, for a second. 1,000 pounds. Oh, yeah. Not only does the suit have to have enough energy to move itself, but move quickly with agility yep. and finesse and, and still be able to break some grunt's head clean off. Right. I mean, and, that... and the fact that he is also doing a fairly large portion of that movement, like, it is crazy to think about the, the stuff they do. Like, could you imagine if they could just lighten that armor up for him? I mean, that's what they did in the future generations. Yeah. Technically. Like, it's like, they that knowing how much that weighs, even with his strength, it explains in some of the scenes when you see him running... Oh, it's, yeah. It, like, even because somebody's like, oh, maybe the grabs are bad. No, we saw other characters running, too. He's running very, like, very clunkily. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, but for moving that weight, on average, most of the Spartans would, could run 20-ish miles an hour. That's insanely The, the fastest was uh, Kelly. She was marked at, it was 35 miles an hour. Jeez. Which, John did top that one time. Also screwed up his Achilles tendon in the process <laughs> because he topped out it. It was, I think, 85 miles an hour. No Holy yeah. cow. What? I found that out when I was trying to research exactly how the success rate of the augmentations for the question. And yeah, I was like, huh. Didn't realize they moved that quick. Didn't think you were to physically move fast enough for yeah. that. Uh, oh, that's yeah. all the extra augmentations, the armor and everything. That's terrifying. But yeah, like on average, they, they ran... You know, faster than almost than you know most residential speed limits, dude. Like, like <laughs> if I wasn't in such awe of these of like John and you know like the Spartans, I'd be a little, I'd be very terrified. I'm still very terrified. Like, could you imagine a horror movie where like a Spartan goes dark side and an ODSD team is stuck in a facility with it? I think that's kind of what they're afraid of in. Halo 5 when he went AWOL. Yeah. And not only just him, but they had a team of Spartans go AWOL. That, this guy is single-handedly beating the Covenant back, saving humanity. What if he went AWOL and 
lost it. Humanity yeah. wouldn't survive. Oh, yeah, no. That's horrifying to think about. Like, Because uh, clearly Locke can't stop them. Nope. That's yeah. the best of the new gen. Yeah. Nope, you're done. Like, they're, their best chance would hope to God that uh, the rest of the blue team did not go dark with them. God. Because I think they'd be the only ones that could bring him back. Or stop them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's get into feats of strength. Well, so these are just sections of Various feats he has. First one being strength. Ah. Okay. John can drag a 95-ton bomb. Kicked an exoskeleton wearing soldier eight meters away. Oh, damn. Which is roughly 22 feet. I was about to ask, how much is that in freedom units? That's that's quite a kick. (laughs) He slapped a missile aside. Yeah, I just love that. It's like, nope. (laughs) Probably. The dead lifted 500 kilograms without his armor, which is roughly 11, 1,200 pounds. And can casually flip a warthog weighing 3.25 tons, as you do every couple of minutes playing a game because they don't drive with a shit. Right. Yeah, (laughs) true, true. (laughs) And to top it off, he pulled a massive Covenant warhead with relative ease to return to sender. Yeah. that is probably my next to him beating the crap out of Locke. That has to be my favorite scene out of the entire series. It's like, hey, I need you to open the bay doors. What for? I'm returning the bomb to it's. I'm returning the covenant. Their bomb. I love it, Cortana. What if we miss? I won't. <laughs> Have that kind of confidence, man. Dude, that, right? that was amazing. For a break, he don't fly too bad. <laughs> Okay, uh, speed. Reacted to point-blank gunfire. Dang, yeah, already off the bat. Uh, side Sidestepped a plasma bolt. Ran half a kilometer in 17 seconds. Was that the 87? That's like I, I think mile. That, that probably was where he topped out at that 80. Okay, uh, without... Without their armor, Spartans' reaction speed is estimated to be 0.2 seconds. Nope. 0.02 oh, seconds. 0.02 seconds. While their Mjolnir armor enhances it five times. So, Just think about that. Point blank gunfire is faster than a plasma bolt. So I'm more impressed by the point blank gunfire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when Locke fired at him too when they were dueling out. Yeah. Like a lot of. A lot of these feats, you can see most of them in the games. But yeah, and I, I'm not as impressed by the plasma bolt because, yeah, as you see in the games, depending on the distance, that's pretty easy to do. Exactly, that's not as impressive. But the yeah, the gunfire and yeah, just knowing that with the armor enhancement, it's faster than 0.02 seconds. That's that is impressive as hell. Imperceptibly yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah it, it is ridiculous. That's like some anime. Naruto moving past stuff, man. I know what you're going to do before you think about it. Pretty much. So to to top off his feats that we know of is durability. He's confident that without his armor, he could withstand a 30-meter fall with little to no injury. Uh, Which is impressive. And, you know, with his augmentations, I'm sure he didn't even feel it. I can't even survive. I don't even think I can survive. Talk about superhero landing. <laughs> oh, it's gotta be better. I'm like, I'm over here. I'm like, God, I don't even know if I can survive a six foot fall without some major injury time. 
Yeah, we're not going to go into our own personal <laughs> uh, abilities on that. <laughs> uh, the Mjolnir armor shield is calculated to withstand 46.5 kilograms of TNT or 0. .473 tons of TNT. Now just think, you punch a Spartan and Gabe, you knock their shield out. Think about that. Connect oh. the dots on that. that that's that how strong a, they punch him. That is crazy. <laughs> Jeez. And then the Mjolnir armor, just the armor itself, is calculated to withstand 17.44 kilograms of TNT or 0.177 tons of TNT. uh, The shield is everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the shield. Like, the armor isn't bad, but, yeah, no, it definitely needs a shield for you to help help you survive. Oh, yeah. Without the shield, you're pretty screwed a lot of times. But the armor is your buffer to boogie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, as we all saw in the intro to what was it, Halo 2, uh, he yep. survives a two kilometer fall. I think Ooh. that number's way off, though. He fell from the outer limit. No, no, that was Halo 3. That was 3? Yep. Because 2 is the one where you play as both him and the Arbiter. That's 3 right, is yeah. when he jumps off that spaceship onto Earth. and. But that's way more than two kilometers. That's Yeah, so this is at least the, the I guess, minimum that they showed. I mean, yeah, also- they didn't actually. Say the distance on that. I'm assuming this is the one it's supposed to be, representing that. But yeah, that that, that number's off a little bit. But just uh, he he did what ODSTs do in a drop pod, without a drop pod. Just in special space. Yeah, he, he just jumped. I think too, if I remember correctly, in the scene he's laying on a piece of metal, which implies that he just ripped a piece of the ship off. He's like, this ought to this ought to cushion me a little bit. Well, I think that was more to deal with the re-entry yeah, and, the, like, and the heat of that. I don't think it had anything else to do with the jump. <laughs> it, was that, it was that impact gel that saved him. Yep. yep. But yeah, because I, I just feel like, because you find him on that piece of metal, I feel like Cortana had to have jumped in. It's like, John, I get that maybe we will survive the impact, well, but what are you going to... Cortana wasn't with him at that point. Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot she disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she stayed behind when he left. She stayed with the flood. So it makes me wonder what kind of suit system backup he has that... I think just his own brains. Um, are you talking... So what, what are you talking Cortana about? wasn't there to activate it for him. So it could just be after a certain impact well, density, from maybe? What I under, from what I understand, from what little knowledge I have of the Spartans and a lot of the Halo suits and stuff, the AIs are there to help make it more streamlined for the Spartan. Like, the Spartans can activate everything on their own and that in the suit itself. It's just the AIs are there to have that. They they The AI can effectively work the suit faster than the Spartan and them being interfaced with each other allows the AI to make it more of a fluid movement for them. I also don't know if he'd have time though to do that on his own. So I think, I think the suits have a, like a threshold of what damage they take before they lock up. Mm, I could see that too. And that's probably why his suit locked up specifically is because, you know, he, Jumped out of planet. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> or, and you know, as Avery said, eventually he's going to find something more stubborn than he is. Yeah. And I don't do cleanups. <laughs> I, I don't do pieces. Oh, yeah. Pieces. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know what, Mr. Moon Joker? You you two fans? This is my favorite game of oh, all yeah. time. Like, this is arguably the powerhouse that is Xbox and... 
This is, this and, is and, the game I played eight, nine hours a day while I was in school. Oh, yeah. This is a game that we've all continuously played, and we'll do the multiplayer games with each other. We're like, we, we've been playing for since it's been out. And honestly, I think it's the one game I've replayed the most of all games and series ever. I don't think I, I've ever come close to Halo. Same here. And I cannot wait to see what they come up with next. Oh, it's oh, I'm so excited. I'm, this comes out roughly, I think, the week of... No, I think it comes out the day. I think this comes out the day of Halo Infinite. So any of you out there playing the game, I hope you have fun because me and my friends here plan on having fun. And you know what? I think uh, I think we can all say we're fans. Oh, this is a unanimous beyond we are fans. Yep. <laughs> For anyone that's still listening, you got something out of this? Enjoyed the episode? Or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon? Hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.